This episode of the Cloudcast is sponsored by ServiceNow. ServiceNow is changing the way people work. With a service orientation towards the activities, tasks, and processes that make up day-to-day work life, ServiceNow helps the modern enterprise operate faster and be more scalable than ever before. To learn more about the enterprise cloud built to manage everything as a service, please visit www.servicenow.com. And now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is The Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to The Cloudcast, coming to you live from the massive studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, very excited today, just just me, Aaron's a little bit busy on some things, but uh, very excited today we... We've been talking about a lot of things around containers, obviously, uh, but very excited today to uh, be talking a little more about, you know, once these containers go into production, once folks are running them with, uh, you know, applications that matter, um, you got to gotta take care of these things. You got to keep track of them. You got to monitor them. You've got to manage them and so forth. So today, very, very excited to have Julian Voltz, who is co-creator of the Prometheus Project, uh, which today now lives as a, as a first class project over in the uh, Cloud Native Computing Foundation, CNCF. So, Julius, welcome to the show. Hi, pleasure to be here. So, uh, you know, first off, you know, welcome to the show. Yeah, I believe you're our very first guest uh, from Germany. So that's uh, that's outstanding, especially, you know, during the Olympics and, and sort of the international world we live in. So give us a little bit about your background and, and maybe a little bit of how you got started, uh, you know, with, with Prometheus and, and what you've created here. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm from Germany. I grew up in Berlin and was born here. Um, I did computer stuff all my life. Ended up studying computer science in Germany, did a couple of side jobs and internship in that area, and then eventually ended up being a site reliability engineer at Google for three years um, in a service where we backed up all of Google's critical production data. So, you know, like all YouTube original videos, uh, Gmail, Google Apps data, and so on. And um, in that capacity... I was using Google's internal monitoring system, Borgmon, um, but I was not so much of an expert in it. I mean, I used it and I knew it was there and it was great, um, but I didn't really know uh, how valuable it was until I didn't have it anymore. Yeah. So this is kind of where um, the creation of Prometheus happened. This was back in 2012. Um, I wanted to go back to Berlin and joined SoundCloud in Berlin. And at the same same time, Matt Proud, another Googler who I didn't know yet at the time, also left Google and went to SoundCloud. And we were both trying to monitor SoundCloud services better. So SoundCloud was kind of special in the sense that they already had their own container scheduler in-house before Docker existed, before Kubernetes existed or Mesos or any of these things. They had built their own Heroku-style cluster scheduler. So um, they already had a cluster of multiple tens of machines where... Um, microservices and their various service instances were scheduled dynamically all the time. You know, different hosts, different ports, and so on. And um, at the time, or I mean, at, in the end, at least, there were hundred different uh, hundreds of microservices and thousands of microservice instances running on this cluster. And the question is, how do you make sense of all of that? You know, like if there's a problem, where is the problem uh, in which microservice and then within 
this service? Is it only a given service instance that has a problem or is it the entire service when there's a latency spike, for example, or some errors occur? And SoundCloud at the time was using monitoring tools that were still from a different age. So Nagios for waking people up at night. Nagios doesn't really have history. It is very host centric. Mm -hmm. You know, it puts everything in terms of this is a host. It runs a database server and runs these checks on that host. And then, you know, so it's, it has a concept of a service, but it's not very dynamic. Right. Um, for time series-based monitoring, SoundCloud used Graphite and StatsD, uh, which was fine, but also, you know, Graphite wasn't that easy to, to have many copies of it around for every team or so because it was not that easy to operate. And the data model of Graphite and StatsD is pretty flat. You have these metric names with dot-separated components where you can have implicit dimensions in them, but they're not that great for having a lot of dimensionality and then also querying it in a very nice way. Um, so this, these were all things that Google's monitoring system had and where we thought, okay, we could maybe really improve on the state of open source monitoring here. Uh, it was a bit of a crazy proposition at the beginning. So right. <laughs> we, started, we started doing this in our free time um, uh, although it was a bit mushy, you know, but uh, we, we put it up on GitHub without telling anyone from day zero uh, <laughs> and just started started doing it. And after a couple of months, we actually introduced it at SoundCloud, which, of course, you know, at first nothing really worked. It was a, very, a rough first year or so. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, but at, at some point, everything kind of came together. You know, we had Dashboard Builder. We had the first killer use case within SoundCloud where we could see in this internal cluster scheduling system, for every instance, what's the, what's the current resource utilization in terms of CPU, memory, network, and so on. Um, and that was great. And that really opened people's eyes. And then, you know, everyone started putting Prometheus metrics into everything. And uh, things became a lot better. And we, uh, at the end of 2014, we were feeling, okay, this is really get, going somewhere and it's, it's stable within SoundCloud already. Uh, and it's getting to a point where we feel it's mature enough to really announce it to the to the wider world. And so that's what we did January of last year, 2015. Right. And since then, it's been really, I mean, it, it has surpassed our expectations of, of success. And uh, major projects have been picking it up. So Kubernetes is outputting native Prometheus metrics. Uh, major core OS components are... Um, and uh, Docker, I just heard now there's an issue. So they, they want to start um, instrumenting Docker with Prometheus metrics. And yeah, so, so that's how it all got started. And um, yeah, I mean, if you're interested, I could go more into the details of what Prometheus actually is and yeah, no, how, I, how it solves these problems. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. So it, it you know, sort of sounds to me like it's, it's kind of a classic case of, um, you know, the, the application environment had evolved. Like you said, they were uh, you know, building more of a, of a microservice modern uh, application framework. And, and you on the operation side were sort of stuck with, you know, tools that, you know, at, at one point in time were, were built to solve a certain type of problem, you know, more long running types of applications, like you said, uh, you know, host centric, you know, sort of I, I knew an application was always going to live on a certain host. And, and that just wasn't the case anymore. So you guys, you know, took some, took some, experience you had in a previous life, like you said, uh, Borgmon being, uh, you know, for anybody who, who doesn't sort of know all the history, Borg is, you know, the, the, 
the system, kind of the, the brains of what runs Google internally. It's the system that schedules all of their containers. Um, and, and that's eventually what, what kind of evolved to become Kubernetes. So the, the more open source thing. So, you know, sounds like a, like kind of a, you know, there's definitely was a need for it for you just from a job perspective, you had some context in terms of, you know, what was, what was needed for the, that type of world. And, and it's cool that you guys just, you know, had the freedom and flexibility to kind of go, go build this. And, and now it's out in the community so that other people can, can help you with it. Um, so that, that, that's very, very cool. So, uh, just for folks, you know, cause anytime we do, we do sort of technical, uh, podcast, you know, sometimes it's a little tricky. You're driving your car, you're doing whatever, um, for anybody, uh, who's listening, you know, we will have some very, very good, uh, pointers to, you know, not only the project, but some very, uh, excellent diagrams that sort of lay out the architecture, what pieces are in there. Um, so just for for anybody who's new to it, give us the basics. What are the building blocks that are in there? Uh, what are the types of, of core functions that Prometheus can deliver for a, a container-based, microservices-based environment? Yeah, sure. So Prometheus is really a whole ecosystem. It takes care of um, you know getting metrics out of the things you care about, whether those are your own services or existing ones that you cannot modify. So instrumentation, basically. Okay. Um, then also pulling that data in, um, putting metadata on the resulting time series in, in form in the form of dimensional labels. And then, you know, storing it, making it queryable, and in the end, also alerting and dashboarding. Okay. So, although for dashboarding, we don't really use our own um, solution anymore. We sure. just recommend people to use Grafana. Okay. Um, so, it really goes all the way from getting metrics out, storing them, and doing stuff with them. And um, I think the core strengths of Prometheus are really the data model in combination with the query language. So whereas, for example, Graphite has a pretty flat data model, you know, with a metric name that has some dots in it. Um, in Prometheus, you have a metric name and then you have an arbitrary set of key value pairs on, on each series that has this metric name. So you might have a metric that counts the number of HTTP requests in a given uh, binary, um, but then you have subdimensions telling you how many happened for the method equals post and how many happened for status equals 200 and then all of these dimensions in combination. And the query language allows you to work with this data model and uh, do arithmetics between sets of time series, uh, do aggregations, selections, slicing and dicing. Um, and it doesn't really have any concept anymore of, you know, what a host is. It only has, it, it has a vague concept of what a service is, which we call a job in Prometheus, but the query language doesn't really care about that either. So it's really only, you know, whatever you can squeeze into this data model, you can monitor with Prometheus. And... Yeah, I mean, so it's it's really about um, monitoring your services and not monitoring your hosts. Although you can, of course, and you should, of course, still monitor your hosts as the kind of substrate that everything runs on. But there's much less coupling nowadays between the host and the stuff that runs on it. Right, right. So it sounds like to me, you know, just, just listening to you, it sounds like there's there's really two really important core functions that come out of this, um, or at least, you know, benefits to, to anybody who's, who's running this is number one, you know, because containers tend to be, uh, you know, a little bit unpredictable, you, you, you know, depending on what the job type is, uh, depending on how long it's going to run for, 
Um, you need a system that sort of recognizes, hey, things might run for very short periods of time. Um, they might dynamically restart. Um, so you, you need a system that, that says, hey, um, I've got to be able to track that stuff in the way that, that it sort of works today. Uh, like you said, it wasn't necessarily host-based, uh, but you know things might be very short-lived or they might be sporadic because they're, they're coming back or they're growing and, and scaling up and down. Uh, but then the other part of it, which which sounds to me like it's really, really important, is this idea that um, because it not only keeps track of of the the sort of the workers, the jobs, but also what's actually happening within those jobs, you know, the application level, it's got a, a mechanism whereby operations can query it and understand what's going on from their perspective, troubleshooting performance. But it also sounds like, you know, the development team can can take a look at, you know, what is, what do their applications really look like in production plus you know, what is the, what is the end user kind of interaction looking like? And that may give them an insight that they hadn't expected from their applications. Right. Totally. Um, so this is really about doing, um, you know, met, you can get network metrics, host metrics, uh, container level metrics, uh, then the application metrics inside uh, in that container. Um, so it's, it's really kind of, yeah, many, many elements of the stack that you can monitor with Prometheus. Um, maybe I should go a bit into how Prometheus actually deals with this dynamic world in terms of finding and, and getting the metrics into its system and knowing where they came from. Yeah, that'd be great because um, I think it'll, it'll help people understand, you know, help right. them kind of walk from, you know, if I have a Docker container, what do I have to do? What happens when it gets in the system? How does the system know to, to start looking for that? All those elements would be great. Right, exactly. So um, as part of a Prometheus setup, you would usually run, run one or multiple Prometheus servers in your organization, depending on you know, how big you are, what your organizational needs are, and so on. Um, and you configure a Prometheus server to pull metrics from instrumented services. Um, so in the, very, you know, in, the, in the most naive uh, case, you could just statically tell Prometheus, here's a host and a port where you can pull metrics over HTTP. So there's a given Prometheus metrics format mm -hmm. uh, over which that happens. Uh, of course, that doesn't work in a dy dynamic world. So um, there's, um, I think by now, around 10 different types of service discovery that Prometheus supports natively. So, you know, Kubernetes, Marathon, EC2, Azure and a couple of others that are supported built into Prometheus where you can just say, you know, monitor the Kubernetes service XYZ and uh, it automatically discovers the, the pods and, and pulls the metrics from them and adds even uh, label metadata that comes from the Kubernetes service discovery uh, and puts it into the time series data. So you know exactly, you know, this was um, a, 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 in, you know, like environment... Yeah. Um, testing pod or something so yeah. you can you know tease tease apart data and, that, and that's um, a, and that's a big deal i mean that that's you know in the in the old days it was you know potentially install an agent in everything or you know i had to know what was out there and and if i you know if i don't know what's necessarily out there you have things like shadow it you could have big pockets of things that you know are just basically a black hole right exactly um 
This is actually this is an interesting point because um, this often comes up as a criticism of the pull model. You know, now my monitoring system needs to know where things are and what things should be there. But I argue your monitoring system should know that anyways. Um, I actually wrote a blog post on push versus pull and, you know, this whole idea of pull doesn't scale on if you go to Prometheus.io, click on blog, look at the latest article there in case you have any questions on that. Um, now, um, another interesting question might be now, see, I'm, I'm asking my questions myself here. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's okay. Um, but how, how do you get metrics out of systems where you don't own the code? You know, if you have, if ah, you write sure. your own, if you write your own service, it's easy, right? Um, yeah, so if you have like you, a, like a sort of a service broker or something, you know, a third party that you're integrating with. Yeah, exactly. Or you have just a MySQL daemon or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, your own service, you just use one of the client libraries. You use the API objects that it provides for you to count things up or to do histograms or so on and then expose it over HTTP. Um, that's the ideal case because then you can get really nice white box metrics about what's happening inside a process. Um, for things where you cannot do that, um, like even you know MySQL D, but also Linux host metrics, for example, you you wouldn't go into the Linux kernel, put an HTTP server in there, and you know add Prometheus metrics, or sure, maybe you would, sure. but I don't know. Um, so the way you solve that is by running exporters, we call them. They're little sidecar jobs that you run right next to the process that you actually care about. Um, okay. So, for example, on Kubernetes, you would have, if you schedule MySQL on, on Kubernetes, um, then you'd have a MySQL daemon process in the pod and a MySQL daemon exporter. Okay. And all this exporter does is um, when Prometheus pulls from the exporter, the exporter goes to MySQLD and fetches the metrics in, you know, via SQL queries actually, and translates them into Prometheus metrics and provides them to the Prometheus server to scrape. So all these exporters really do is kind of a translation between the, um, uh, you know, service-specific metrics format and the Prometheus format. And um, there, you know, the community wrote dozens and, or yeah, many, many tens of exporters already. So there's a good chance that whatever you want to monitor already has an, a Prometheus exporter if it's not too exotic. And yeah, so these are the kind of the two major types of, of things that you would want to monitor with Prometheus and how you get metrics out. Then there's a third type where sometimes you really just cannot pull. Um, in that case, you have to use something we call the push gateway. You know, when you have a batch job, a service level batch job that runs maybe once a day, deletes a given number of users and then wants to just signal that it runs successfully and how many users it deleted. But it runs maybe only, you know, five seconds. So it's it runs it's too ephemeral for Prometheus to scrape reliably. Right. Um, so that could just push its latest state to the push gateway, and the push gateway is then kind of a metrics cache that holds on to this latest state forever, and Prometheus can fetch it from there. And then you can alert on you know, whether the batch job didn't run in two days or, or something like this. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's useful, I think. You know, the, more, the more people I sort of talk to, especially you know, as, as people are trying to figure out uh, you know, sort of architecture decision points. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great and it's fun to talk about, hey, you know, sort of greenfield applications or completely cloud native applications. But, 
you know, a lot of people are also saying, Hey, look, I, you know, not everything I have is, is, uh, is brand new. I have some stuff that's been around for a while. Like you talked about, you know, could be a MySQL database, could be a lot of things. Um, you know, it's good to know there are provisions for, you know, being able to deal with those types of applications that, that maybe don't look like, you know, your, your 12 factor application, your, you know, your completely microservices based application. Yeah, totally. And I mean, we have, uh, we have a lot of integration uh, integration points in the system where we have you know either backwards compatibility to some older system or that older system can somehow interact with prometheus so mm-hmm. there there's a lot of ways if you want to gradually transition to something uh, to prometheus um or not transition completely that you can just use parts of the ecosystem right. um maybe as one example in soundcloud we uh, we still used when I was there Nagios for the actual um, alerting in the end. So Prometheus now has a native alert manager which knows how to use this whole dimensional data model and you can route alerts based on that and so on. But it wasn't really ready yet uh, when I left SoundCloud. So they were still using a Nagios plugin which just queried Prometheus uh, in a way that it expected to get back one single number and did very simple threshold alerting on that. So it integrates with in all kinds of different ways with with other things still yeah yeah so we you know i mentioned early on uh you know prometheus is now um sort of a you know first class top tier uh project within the the cloud native computing foundation or, or cncf um you know the, the same foundation now that's that's sort of managing kubernetes and you know talk about um you know how did it get over into the cncf and and then more importantly you know what have you seen in terms of community you know, uh, increase in community involvement around, you know, wanting to, to grow the project and, and expand the project. Yeah. Um, so, you know, given how funnily the project started kind of at SoundCloud, but also a bit in our free time mm-hmm. before SoundCloud and so on, it was, we always had the feeling of we should, you know, the, the project was always in a state where it wasn't completely clear who controls it or sure. who owns it and so on. Um, although SoundCloud has always been very cool about that. But we wanted to make that um, official. And we also just in general wanted to have some kind of clear governance of the project that was independent of any single company. And, you know, just in case there's ever a need uh to, to have rules in place for, you know, how to resolve conflicts and so on. Right. Um, and we were first just toying with the idea of maybe creating our own foundation, but that would have been a lot of work and we don't have a lot of experience with that. Sure. Um, in the end, we ended up talking to Alexis Richardson, um, who's now the technical oversight committee uh, chair of the uh, CNCF. Yep. So um, over at and yeah, he's a good, great guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. And he basically convinced us. I mean, he, he introduced us to the whole concept of the CNCF, which was still forming at the time. So it's a new uh, sub-foundation of the Linux Foundation. And it just sounded like the perfect match. Um, I mean, it's it's really about this new cloud-native world. It wants to help out projects that are made for this more dynamic uh, world. And so, yeah, we, we ended up pr- proposing um, to join as Prometheus, and we joined as the second member project after Kubernetes. So, yeah, we're really like happy about that. Um, in terms of... Um, pick up and you know community growth from that. I think our community was already growing really well before that. So it's it's you know I can't really exactly say how that uh, impacted it, um, but 
Yeah, there were always some events that drove community growth. You know, the first announcement last year, then um, CNCF definitely also. They're also helping us in general, you know, like with this podcast, for example, or, um, you know, various media um, mm-hmm. sure. uh, releases. Um, and the, the recent 1.0 release of Prometheus really helped also. Um, yeah, but it's, it's just growing and we've, we've been totally blown away by, by the success and, and recognition of Prometheus. So right. can't, can't complain there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. And uh, it, it's, 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 it, to me, it's, um, you know, people have different opinions on, on various foundations and how they're set up. And, uh, but I think to a certain extent, you, you really highlighted an important thing, which is, um, you know, w- more and more we're seeing, um, you know, not, you know, projects can start anywhere. Uh, a lot of times projects would get sort of adopted by a, by a major vendor because they could they could fund to have full-time engineers working on it. But more and more we're starting to see interesting projects that come out of, you know, what people would classify as sort of end-user customers. So it could be SoundCloud, it could be, you know, Walmart Labs, it could be Capital One, it could be, you know, Netflix. And and to a certain extent, you know, those companies aren't necessarily in the business of being software vendors uh, from a legal perspective, from all those things. So, you know, it's 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 good to have the option of these foundations which have an understanding of trademarks they understand how to how to organize people to come in and, and sort of talk through uh, you know architecture maybe sometimes talk through disputes and and just it, I think it's good for people that are thinking about projects to know that that there are some avenues where like you said if you don't have either the funding or the expertise or even the time to to coordinate all those things that there's people out there that can help and, and do it, you know, do it really, really well. And, and the Linux foundation does an excellent job. CNCF does it. There's, there's a lot of other foundations that, uh, that do an excellent job as well. Um, yeah, totally. If I, if I may just give some credits in between also, I mean, um, Right now, really, Prometheus is spread, you know, the development is spread over many different companies. So there's a very active contributor at CoreOS, Fabian Reinhardt. Then there's still Bjorn at SoundCloud, a bunch of others at SoundCloud. Uh, Brian Brazel in Dublin, he founded his own Prometheus consulting company. And so there's still all these companies interested in SoundCloud and they all have different interests, but they all um, kind of work productively together and, and, and are driving everything. So it's, it's really great. Yeah. So it's, it's a really nice community. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, we, we've had, we've had Adrian Cockcroft on the show a couple of times and, and uh, you know, one of the, he gives a lot of talks around and, you know, one of the ones he talks about quite a bit is, uh, you know, is, is monitoring is, you know, the challenges of monitoring at, at a high level for, for anybody who's, you know, kind of new to this space or, you know, thinks they're going to be getting into this. What, what are the big things that, that you tell that, you know, you sort of are educating people about to say like, Hey, you know, this world's different. You need to be thinking about these things differently. Um, you know, even for people that have been, you know, SREs, ops, DevOps for a while, what's, what's Mm -hmm. really different about this. And and then, you know, again, sort of how does Prometheus kind of align to, to making sure that those worlds have a, have a fighting chance to, to keep things running and, and operating smoothly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is really get rid of that mindset that a host is the central entity of uh, of, of things. Um, really think about services and really put white box metrics everywhere where we, we would, would where you would usually output a log statement or something. Okay. Um, so. These are really cheap in Prometheus. A single Prometheus server can scale up to millions of different time series and you know eight hundred thousands of samples ingested per second. Um, so really put you know 
metrics all over your code base and just get insight into everything and um, then really start kind of treating metrics as a serious thing. Um, in general, I've seen a lot of projects or a lot of developers, including operations people, just not treating monitoring and metrics seriously enough. It's kind of an afterthought. You put some visibility into a process. Once you notice that it, you know, it had a problem already around that area and then you get visibility instead of really thinking about that beforehand. You know, what are the key uh, aspects of the service that I want to monitor? Right. Um, and how can I monitor them cleanly in a meaningful way, in a way that I can aggregate but still drill down? Um, and yeah, and you know, what are the best practices for naming my metrics? Um, uh, how much should I pre-process the metrics in the instrument service client versus in the Prometheus server? In the Prometheus world, the Prometheus server can do a lot of processing for you. So we tell people to really, um, you know, export the data in the in the rawest form possible for time series data. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's all these kind of aspects combined, and yeah. uh, of course, use service discovery. Um, to uh, to to fetch the data right yeah and, and I think the other thing that the people kind of have to start getting their wrapping their brain around is um, you know more and more the 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 people that are looking at these these new types of applications these new more dynamic environments you know you have to remember these are these are becoming more and more customer facing applications they're less and less sort of IT back office applications they're becoming more customer facing and you know as the world becomes more digital even though that's sort of a cliche um you know this is going to impact people's user experience this is going to impact how long they're willing to wait to to check out or you know interact with your service and so you know not having uh you know a monitoring system that that's going to be more real time that's going to give you know, feedback about, about what's going on and, and hopefully give you some guidance on how to, how to improve it. Um, you know, you're going to create some, some awesome looking services and awesome looking UI. Uh, but if things are a little bit off, um, you know, it's, it's going to be detectable, you know, by the marketplace, which, you know, wasn't necessarily always the case with, with it services. So I think that's, that's really important for people to keep in mind. Um, real quick, I know it's, I know it's really early, uh, you know, in the, in the life cycle of, of the project still. And, um, but like you said, the community is adopting it. Have you seen anybody yet, um, or even people talking about offering sort of Prometheus monitoring as a service, as a, as a SaaS offering in the marketplace yet? Like we see, you know, with some other types of tools that are out there. Yeah, so I don't know anyone and anything that's currently already commercially available, um, but there are already companies working on it. So one example is Weaveworks. Um, mm -hmm. I'm contracting currently for them and actually helping them uh, build um, a hosted multi-tenant Prometheus uh, version. Okay. Um, how exactly that's going to be integrated, I can't really say yet, sure. but it's going to be somehow part of Weave, Weave's uh, cloud offering. Okay. Um, I know of one more uh, person at another company doing a similar thing, but I don't know if I can publicly say that oh, yet. That's, that's okay. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, it's, it's sort of a natural progression. We, you know, we've seen people do Elk Stack as a service and security monitoring as a service and other stuff. So it, it comes right. around eventually and, and people have to figure out if there's a business case to to do yeah. it but it's it's yeah. a logical progression so yeah well, and and we, we've obviously in within the prometheus core community we've also been thinking about this but it hasn't happened so far i mean sure. nobody 
of us felt like doing it yet. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, fantastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up with that. Uh, you know, Julius, what's the best way if people uh, want to get in touch with you or, you know, places they might run into you out at events or meetups and stuff uh, to, you know, ask you more questions and, and, you know, learn more about Prometheus? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Julius Waltz on Twitter. Um, I am also active in Prometheus's IRG channel. Um, in general, you like use our community channels, um, our mailing list, the IRC channel. We have PromCon, the first Prometheus conference, around in in two weeks in oh, Berlin. Wow. Awesome. Unfortunately, I can't really advertise for it anymore because it's completely sold out. It's a small conf um, at the Google office here in Berlin. Congratulations. Um, Great speakers, very excited to have it happen. Uh, we are going to be also um, at the Cloud Native Con in Seattle. There's a Prometheus Day. I think that's beginning of November. Uh, I don't know yet if I'll personally be there, but there's, I mean, almost certainly there's going to be some Prometheus people. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and just generally go to Prometheus.io, try out the Getting Started tutorial. It's no, it should take you like five minutes to get uh, your, your own host monitored with Prometheus. Fantastic. That's great. Yeah, Julius, thank you so much for, for being on, for making the time for us today and uh, educating us a little bit, folks. Uh, you know, take a look at it. Like, like I said, all the details are going to be in the show notes. And uh, for Julius and for Aaron, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media. 